man, this is exciting. Uh, so exciting tonight. Hey, listen, James Cadiz is making his way up here right now. Uh, but while he's coming here, I want you to think about this. On April 26th, Sunday, April 26th, our Sunday evening service is going to begin live at 4 p.m. Next Sunday night, we'll be here at 5. The Sunday after that is Easter, but the 26th, we're going to begin at 4 o'clock p.m. That's going to work out great for anybody on the East Coast. You'll be catching it live at 7 o'clock in the evening there, but 4 o'clock here in the evening on the Pacific Coast. And right now, uh, please welcome our great friend, James Cadiz. Woo! <laughs> wow. Where's all the audience? Bro, they're clapping in their hearts, in their living rooms, and everywhere else. in their living rooms all over the world right I now. I can tell you this right <laughs> now. The people that are in the parking lot of Calvary Chapel Signal Hill, you know what they're doing? Yeah, they're, they're honking their horns. Are they honking their horns? They That's are. Sweet. They are. That is cool. That is cool. Are we ready? Does it look good, Chris? Okay, we are ready to go. We're Listen, to James. Go. Okay. I'm going to pray, and then let's take it away. And uh, we live in exciting <laughs> days. Lord, we thank you for the great opportunity and the technology to be able to literally reach the world. So many things that are going on right now that, that we want to talk about. People want answers to. Lord, we have them. We have your word that gives us the truth. There's a lot of fake news out there. It's hard to work through all the fake news, but we have your truth. Mm. We thank you. And Jesus, we pray like John the Apostle said, Lord, come quickly. Amen. Amen. So we are ready. But first of all, I want to also mention this. Listen, uh, remember us also. Uh, we can't obviously receive tithes and offerings here tonight. Uh, we're not going through with bags, passing them out. Um, but we really appreciate the many people who have been supporting us. I want to thank you personally for your tithes and offerings. Also with your church, James, I'm sure the yeah. same thing too, as yes. they're watching this live right now also. Yep. We really, really appreciate the people who have been faithful stepping up to the plate and supporting the work of ministry. Because quite frankly, interesting times that we live in. Oh yeah, And uh, people aren't going oh, yeah. to church, but there's yeah. some really faithful Christians that are out there that are that are that are supporting whether it be online stopping by the church yeah. probably the same thing is happening well you, you know too. the folks at calvary chapel signal hill and even our radio listeners have been absolutely blowing our minds uh, we cannot believe the incredible generosity um you know obviously during a time like this you you take a little bit of a of a hit financially but it could be much bigger than it is and i think that's a result of the body of christ uh continuing to worship the lord in this way by giving and um, uh, it's incredible. And some of the best ways you're giving right now has been really inspiring. You know, going to the grocery store for elderly people around you, preaching Amen. the gospel. It's one of the best ways we can give. And uh, it's, uh, it's a blessing. It's really been Amen. great. And I appreciate the folks at Calvary Signal Hill, our Light on the Hill radio listeners. I know the folks at um, Hope for Our Times, incredible group of people. I love coming out here and sharing with the 412 Church. It's, it's a blessing. It's, it's always great having you. Here's a, a note that was actually just dropped off, I think, uh, yesterday. Uh, dear Pastor Tom, thank you for uh, having the services online. And then on to explain things, what, what a praise report. It's just total praise report. And then in that, she also just uh, blessed us with uh, the, the funds to be able to continue ministry. And I look at this, the things we're getting from people yeah, online. It's amazing. Just the encouragement <clears throat> is yeah. huge. And you know what? We look at this and... What the enemy and some may want for evil, God turns out Woo! for good. Yes, he is. I mean, look at yep. how many more yep. homes, how many more living rooms we're able to reach into right yep. now. Is totally Hundreds cool. of thousands. Well, you and I are about ready to reach into a lot of living rooms right now. <laughs> and wherever people are watching. And, I just and, want to apologize people, okay. in advance. I don't want that's, to cut you off. No, I want to apologize in advance because <laughs> I always get in trouble when I come here and hang out with Tom. So I'm probably going to get in trouble in this conversation. But here yes, we go. You <laughs> yes, you are. I, I can guarantee it because I know what I'm going to ask you. So like I said last time with James, all I got to do with you is you're already on fire. I throw a little bit more gasoline on it and just watch this thing take off. So we're going to get going. We have the obvious. Uh, it's uh, this world as we know it. Okay, James, here it is. Yep. So you and I both have friends, Jack Hibbs and uh, Don Stewart. Both very good friends. We both love them. We yeah. care about them a lot. Amen. And good brought a ministry yeah, with them yes, and, we and do. everything. Yes, we do. And uh, both of them mentioned just the other day yep. uh, about uh, their beliefs on this whole coronavirus being a bioweapon 
from China. You're now, really going to bring this I've, up? I, I, I'm going to bring it up. I want to throw some fuel on the fire because I know what's in your head. Yeah. Listen, I want to talk about this one I want to talk about tonight. Okay. I believe a new precedent has been set. When yep. we look at the world's on, in a reset right now, right. Oh, what's yeah. going to come out oh, of yeah. that? I want to talk about what's going to come out of that. I want to talk about ID 2020. Oh. I talked about it before. You have a lot more information on it. I want to talk about no, uh, no more cash. Right. We're heading that direction, whether yep. people believe it or not. We are. I'm going to talk about uh, with that. Uh, we're going to get into the Antichrist if we have time. Yep. Uh, and also oh. that Christians are now being attacked as being the ones are the problem for coronavirus. Yeah, the New York and Times. And you know it. You know yeah. the yeah, New York Times. Yeah. So we're going to go Fake through news. this. So let's start off yeah. with the bioweapon. And uh, and uh, do you believe that this coronavirus is real? It's a real problem. We're watching the whole world yeah. react to it. Yeah. And is it a bioweapon? Okay, so let me just do this. To, to save time with respect to the issue of our views regarding the coronavirus, <clears throat> I would highly recommend that you go back and look at the interview that I did with Tom a few weeks ago. weeks ago. We talked about it at length. We talked a little bit about the way the virus actually works. I'm going to get into it a little bit more with the question that you're asking me right now. Uh, but there's a good premise, a good foundation uh, that we've established regarding that issue, and it's going to save us a little bit of time. But I think what we really need to do is we need to go back to the presidential election that took place in 2016, okay? okay? I think we have to start there. And there's a reason why we have to start there. The reason why we have to start there is because, uh, well, let me make this statement. I'm just going to be very obvious about it and very blatant. I am truly and deeply thankful to the Lord that President Trump was elected the president of the United States, okay? Because when the president was elected the president of the United States, he put several things that were in a dismal spin, okay, literally headed into the ground, uh, completely at a stop, okay? He served as a direct repudiation to many of the patterns that we were adhering to as a nation. I would say that this starts as early as uh, George Bush Sr., okay? And I think, of course, it was highly, and I mean highly magnified through the Obama administration. But what we have grown in doing, and um, you know, World War II taught us, taught us a lot about the materialistic bent and mindset of our nation. And even then, which we weren't all that much of a materialistic, sort of a fat living kind of a nation back then, we learned a lot about what it meant to come together in a war effort, and as a result, we understood what it meant to sort of uh, manage our consumables, act independently as a nation. Back then, nationalism was not a bad word. Nationalism was a, actually a good word. In my opinion, it's still a phenomenal word, right? Um, and so we hit the fast forward button and we have become a remarkably materialistic uh, country, right? We heard Jack Hibbs say it earlier. I've been saying it forever. Um, we are a nation that is all about the want and not about the need. If you don't believe me, you can go to Walmart and all these other places where people are buying 1,600 rolls of toilet paper uh, because of the, uh, I think, the, the, the consolation or the catharsis that they seem to be getting by buying toilet paper. Don't get it, but that's kind of the mentality, right? So we have been a direct consumable and, and as a result, a, a, a greedy nation. As a result, we've become a very selfish nation. And this extends to the leaders of the nation. And so the problem is, is you have business owners. Business owners are really the true leaders of this nation. Unfortunately, that it should be the pastors that are the real leaders of this nation. They're not, unfortunately. I think that's changing. But the business owners were really the leaders of the nation. And so for them, it was all about the bottom line. So I can go right now, I can sell you my widget. My widget costs me right now $8 to manufacture. I sell it to you for $10, I make a $2 profit. Well, now I can go to China. China can be my slave, and I can literally make that same widget for $4 and make a significantly more of a profit. So now, I build my workforce in China, I establish my materials in China, everything that I need in order to make my business run is now in China. Now, the presidents that we've had 
are acquiescing to that mindset because it's the business owners, it's the company that funds their campaigns and continues to drive them with respect to how they uh, uh, bring in their funds to be able to do their politicking and all the things that they need to do to get elected. So special interests develop and what has happened, what has culminated over the past uh, almost three decades is we have developed a substantial appetite for consumables and we have developed as a business, as a nation, a substantial appetite for wants instead of needs. And as a result, we have given a majority of our freedoms to other countries. Now you might say, well, no, our freedoms have not been lost. They've not been diminished. What do you mean we're giving a majority of our freedoms to other countries? That doesn't make sense. Well, think about this. If right now I have a factory in my home and I can produce everything that I sell to everybody. I produce it a little slower, it costs me a little bit more money, but I can do it until kingdom come, until the Lord comes back. I am self-sufficient, there's no problems. But if in the name of tripling and quadrupling my profit, I now give it to you. And I say, Tom, we're gonna sign a contract, you're gonna produce this for me, and then one day you get ticked off with me. Or one day you're jealous of the profits. Or one day you say, wait, 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 wait. I do all the work, every bit of the work that he is making me do. And yet I'm the one that's losing the profit and he's making the profit. You know what? I'm going to do it myself. Well, that's what we're doing with China. That's what we've been doing with China. China basically has gotten to the point where they not only feel that way, but China has actually gotten to the point where they are stealing our intellectual property. They've stolen a lot of our materials and goods that we use, and this dependence that we've created upon them has completely brought our economy to, the knee, to our knees. You might not believe it, but it's absolutely true. I'll make a little side note here. We talk about the, the stock market crashing. Oh my God, the Dow has crashed to just below 20,000 right now because of President Trump's leadership. Well, wake up, knucklehead, open your eyes for just a second, because the Dow was below 19,000 when President Obama left office. So let me get this straight. The Dow has crashed 30 to almost 40%. We have literally dropped 8,000 points, which is historical. We've never seen anything like it. And we are still at a higher level than the previous presidential administration when he ended. So we've got a problem here, right? Oh my gosh, the world is coming to an end. Here's my statement. President Trump comes in, we have a dependence problem. It's a huge dependence problem. President Trump comes in, he says, we are dependent on energy. I'm gonna end that. He does. Thank God he ends it. If you look right now, you look around during this crisis as it's going on, oil prices are dropping. Gas prices are dropping. You wanna know why? Because President Trump had the wisdom to buy enough oil reserves and to initiate laws that allow the production of oil in our nation so that we're not dependent on South America, the Middle East, OPEC, all of these types of things. And so in this time where things are getting crazy and everybody's fearing, the prices are not going up, my brother, the prices are crashing, they're going down. That's because we became energy independent a few years ago. People don't recognize that, they don't realize it. Then President Trump, the ultimate racist, he's the most racist, homophobic, xenophobic president we've ever had. By the way, the people that call him xenophobic can't even define the word xenophobia. I'll just say that right now because many of those same groups have called me xenophobic. And let's just get this straight. I'm first generation from the Middle East. My mom and dad, born and raised in Egypt, and I'm xenophobic, married to a woman who's half German, half black. Ooh, I'm really xenophobic here, <laughs> right? But anyway, let's just get off that high horse for just a second. President Trump comes into the picture. He says, I am going to offer a direct repudiation for the functional failures of our nation in allowing these consumables to take place at the hand of China, and I'm going to hold China accountable. So he goes to them, he starts off with the United Nations, he goes back to, to various groups, and he says, hey, listen. He says, we hold your purse strings, and you're not giving us enough. He goes to all of these people and he says, you are not paying your fair share. Time to pay up, time to pay up, time to pay up. He goes to China at the beginning of his administration and he says, you've been ripping us off. You've been ripping us off like crazy. You've been stealing from our people. You've been shutting down business. And by the way, China responds and says, yeah, but you know what, uh, President Trump? You've been behaving or your people have been behaving in their own interests and you can't blame us for behaving in our own interests. And President Trump says, you're right. You're a strong leader and you're good to go. 
negotiator, but they're too blind to recognize that they're behaving, not behaving in their own interest. And now we're going to talk real talk. We're going to sit down and we're going to have a negotiation. He signed the most historic, most powerful, most remarkable trade deal we have ever seen in the history of the United States presidential administrations that we've ever had before, where China is being mandated to spend more money than it ever has in world history on our consumable products. The farmers will tell you all about it. Before, the farmers were only getting maybe a billion, maybe, maybe, if, if, even if that, getting purchased from then, and we are subsidizing China ripping us off. President Trump says enough of that, and now China is paying in upwards of $50 billion from our consumables alone related to farming. So now what happens is this. China says, uh-oh, our economy is taking a dump. It's literally pooping. It's falling apart. Our diapers aren't helping us. Nothing is helping us. We're falling apart. It's a substantial problem. And President Trump is continuing to stick to his nationalistic policies. And by the way, that is a reasonable term, and it's a wonderful term. I think it's a great term. He's caring about the United States first. Forgive me for saying this, but President Obama has fed everybody in the, in the eight years of his administration a complete anti-colonialist, complete, fully, full-on globalist mentality that has completely weakened the position of the United States. The United States really did become a nothing nation. And I'm a patriot. I love our country. I believe in the stars and the stripes, and I love the flag that our boys and girls are dying for overseas. I believe in everything of our country, but praise God that our country has been made great again through the Lord Jesus Christ, who has put President Trump in place that he would go ahead and do this. Now, here's the interesting thing. Okay, here's where it gets interesting. He's successful. Trade policies, remarkable. They've put us not only on an even keel with everybody else, but President Trump said, you're going to go to your knees because now you are going to pay the price for what you've done. And you know what I love with President Trump? Let me tell you a little story about my dad, okay? When I was a kid, I would go to my grandma and my grandpa's house, and I would completely misbehave in front of my grandma and grandpa, knowing full well that my dad would not discipline me in front of my grandma and grandpa. It was the only place my dad would refuse to discipline me because grandma and grandpa would get upset when they would see me get disciplined. But my dad would look at me and he would say this in Arabic, he'd say, Entahor, which means you're free for now. Enjoy your life while you're at grandma and grandpa's house because when you go home, you're gonna get a spanking. President Trump has done the exact same thing. He's not faulting China. He's not saying, hey, if this is China's fault. He's saying, no, China's been acting in their best interest. He's saying, hey, all of you business owners, it's time for you to get off your duff and start caring about your country. And if you still feel that it's important for you to save 30 or 40% by going to China, I'm going to tax you 30 or 40% when you bring it back here. What's that cause all the business owners to do? They all start coming back here. And not only do they come back here, they're enjoying the incentives that it provides. And slowly but surely, you know what we're doing? We're cutting the strings to China. We're cutting it. Cutting, cut, 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 cut. China says, uh-oh, oh, we've got a problem. We're losing this battle. We're losing it on the trade front. We're losing it on the negotiating front. We're losing it on virtually every front that we can think of. So there's a new lab they built in the Wuhan province. We know that, okay? There's a whistleblower who's in that lab who says, hey, this thing has been sitting in a Petri dish forever. It's been genetically modified. Listen, this is not a secret. You can go back and you can talk to all kinds of scientists that are out there that are basically saying the way this virus behaves, it goes into the lung and it replicates itself in the lung. And then it actually creates a mutation that changes the way it functionally moves and works, which is why we're still behind it and which is why we're having such a difficult time with it. It reeks, it smells like something man-made. Now, this would make sense. Because if China says, hey, you know what? Here's the deal. You guys, we can't beat you. And I'm just giving you a, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist here. I'm just saying what this looks like. Let me just tell you what this smells like, what this reeks like, right? 
They say, well, it doesn't look like it's really going to uh, work here. We're not going to win this. So guess what happens? We take this gen genetically modified virus, which is clearly anybody who's looking at this virus right now is telling you that there's something different about it. It targets the older population. Well, what does China get out of targeting the older population? You target the older population, you target a majority of the wealth that's being created in this country, right? And then after it targets the older population, it actually genetically mutates in a way where now it's beginning to affect younger people. Why? Because when the older people die off, younger people step up to, to go into that role and now they're getting, now they're going. It's a form of terrorism. It's a form of fear. They can't get us. It is literally way more serious than a nuclear bomb being dropped on this nation. It, it is, it's, it's crazy because of that. Now, here's the great news, right? If it wasn't for President Trump doing what he did three years ago, we, me and you would probably be speaking Mandarin right now. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm not trying to be funny about it. What I'm trying to basically say is I'm trying to say the result of him taking the steps that he has taken, in my opinion, might just save this nation. And I don't know if that is going to happen. It may have been too late. But this president has done everything that he, that he can in his power to make sure this would not happen. And he foresaw this. I'm not saying that he foresaw a virus, and I'm not saying he foresaw something like this, but he did foresee this independence being completely just snipped. He saw this. He knew that something like this would happen. He realized it. Why? Because he's a scrappy businessman from New York who's never taken garbage from anybody, right? And goes off and does exactly what he did. And lots of people put him down, these liars on CNN and MSLSD and all these other, uh, uh, I call them the Communist Nationalistic Network. But all these other people, they go out and they say, well, you know what, if I got a multi-million dollar loan from my, from my dad, then I'd be doing great too. Really, dummy? Now let's just <laughs> okay, think about yeah. that for a second. Yeah. Really, let's, let's think about that. How many people, here's the, here's the lottery numbers, go look it up. I would be ventured to say that 80% of the people who won the lottery, $10 million or more, have nothing left in their pockets. I would, be, I would venture to say it's a lot, more, it's a lot higher than it's probably lot, It's probably yeah. a lot higher than that. Yeah. I'm being conservative because I don't know the real number. Yeah. So I'm being conservative. But he... God put him in this place for such a time as this. Now, what kind of implications does that have to Bible prophecy? Well, it's got a few, right? Yeah. The, the, the one implication that it could have, and it's significant, is the fact we know that the United States of America really isn't mentioned as anything of any significance. It's not even mentioned in end times prophecy. Now, that could happen for two reasons. The first reason why that could happen is because it becomes inconsequential and it becomes a bunch of nothing. And if we continue to believe the lies of the lying media and the freaking out, and so many people are dying, and da 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 well, then, yeah, that's exactly where we're going to go. Here's a statistic for you, right? We are talking about right now the death numbers doubling, tripling in the country. It's true. People are saying, we're the highest death rate or the highest amount of infections that we've seen worldwide. Okay, fourth largest country in the world in terms of population, number one. That's us. Actually, it might be third right now, okay? How about this? How about in the last 10 days, we have tested more people than every nation put together? Right, and that's what isn't being So the numbers are going news. up. Yeah, the numbers are going to go up because we're testing people. How, we're about, testing people. how about the numbers of people that have recovered now is higher than 98.6? Yeah. You never hear that. No one ever hears yeah. it. Lots of people believe that there were people getting sick and really getting ill and so on and so forth in early December mm -hmm. and were recovering. The, the, the bottom line is this. Oh, and here's another little thought, right? What two nations have some of the closest relationships to China with respect to tourism, with respect to industry, uh, with, with all of these things that's in the European region? Anybody have any idea? You, you have an idea who they are? Okay. They have a close relationship to Italy. You ever notice that? Yes. Yeah. There's a really yeah. close relationship to them. Yes. And then their relationship to Iran is an interesting one, mm -hmm. which, by the way, that gets us into OPEC. That gets us into the, the whole oil things changing. All, there's a lot going on here. So... This was the short answer. I mean, we could spend a lot longer talking about the whole genetic, uh, uh, you know, mutations that are going on okay. that are man-made, but very likely it is. Well, let me ask you this then. When you look at this, so uh, all viruses run a course, mm -hmm. and then they dissipate for, Correct. you flatten the curve and so forth. Correct. But then they come back. Yes. So I'm reading about this virus, yep. and it appears when it comes back the second time, it's not going to be any more pleasant. Yeah, it's a, it, but listen, that's very true. 
But the, the difference here is, is we're going to have a way when that happens to be able to, to combat, combat it, right? Yeah. If you look at many of the flu issues that we face now in this country, they're significantly worse than the implementations of the Spanish flu back in 1918, mm -hmm. right? There's mutations of it that are far worse that we face right now, but because we've become so good at dealing with it, we've got that going on. By the way, 58 thousand deaths so far in the United States of America in the last four months of the flu. But no one's freaking out or going crazy or, or losing their minds over that. This was designed to create panic. It was designed to create pandemonium. This is exactly what the whole thing is about. And the president is kind of, he, got, he has his hands tied. He wants to get the economy working. That's why he's saying by Easter, he had to make an announcement today where he's going to extend it now to the end of the month, uh, to the end of April. And I get where he's coming from because he has to listen to the professionals around him and there are some concerns that are going on there. But I would be willing to bet you that the moment this is over with, the economy is going to skyrocket because the fundamentals are intact. And, and with respect to the stimulus, the $2 trillion, $2.5 trillion stimulus, I like what Jack says. I like his word on this. The word that he used, first time I heard it, necessary evil. It is. Yeah. But we're borrowing from ourselves with yeah. this. We're not borrowing from China. Yeah, well, let me, I'm going to go off of this for a second yeah. since you're bringing up all these things. Yeah. So you look at the economy and you look at this current coronavirus. So when you look at it in the light of the way the prophecies unfold, for example, in the first part of the tribulation period, right. and even when you look where Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be, in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Right. It appears that when we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air at the time of the rapture, that the economy is really humming along pretty good. Yeah, and, and, did, so I, yeah, yeah. and did I tell you about the second possibility of that? Because I know where you're driving with this. I forgot to tell you what I thought the second possibility was for why the United States of America isn't mentioned. What's that? Okay, here's the scenario that I would lay out, okay? President has been incredibly good to Israel. What has he done, right? He's moved the embassy to Jerusalem. He's recognized the sovereignty of Israel over the Golan Heights. He's recognized their ability to stand on the West Bank saying that they're not occupiers, right? He continues to speak against their, or speak for their ability to be able to defend themselves. And he speaks concerning his uh, hatred for the evil that continues to be emulated from Iran. He is directly opposed to positions that Russia take that would come against the, the stance of Israel. And, ready for this, ready for Bible prophecy? He has convinced Saudi Arabia to be pro-Israeli. Yeah. Isn't it ironic amazing. that in Ezekiel chapter 38 39, mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia is one of the nations yeah, that will is. protest against the attack? Yes, it is. And Russia will be the ones leading it? And not only that, but if you look at the oil situation right now, oh. Saudi Arabia has taken the sink <laughs> to Russia, and that's a So Ooh. you look at Ezekiel 38 in the light of this, which we weren't even going to talk about tonight. Well, they're already mad at each at, other. You look at, the, yeah, the Saudi Arabia-Russia yep. thing. Right. And then you look at what, what Israel did by going in, entering into these agreements, starting to enter into them with, with Europe, uh, and the, the supplying Europe with their gas. That, right. Israel took the fight to Russia. Oh, absolutely. To bring it on. But now Saudi Arabia, another reason why we see the gas, gasoline prices collapsing is because of our own oil production, but also this fight that's going on. Well, and, and it's really interesting, the influence that Mohammed bin Shailamin has had in the Middle yeah. East, and the, the fact that the royal family used to kind of blow him off, and now they're beginning to stand behind many of his, rec uh, uh, many of his recognitions concerning women's rights and all the other things that he's doing. And this is furthering the relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia, which is a strategic one. Listen, the United States and Saudi Arabia are not saying, hey, we're best friends, we love you and all is well. It's a strategic relationship, but it's a faithful one, and it's one where I don't think there's going to be any back-turning here. But here's the thing. So let's assume that the first possibility is the economy falls apart, we're insignificant, the nation is destroyed, and that's why we're not mentioned. How about this? How about God blesses the United States of America because the people of the United States of America who are walking with him repent? turn from their wicked ways and seek God. How about Amen. God uses this coronavirus in this nation to turn the eyes of the nation towards the true and living God? Amen. How about the world gets to see a renowned cleric in Iran tell everybody you need to trust in Allah. I got sick last week, I drank some holy water and I'm okay.
yeah. and die seven days right. later. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that, that for happened. a second. That it, it's a real, that's a yeah. real story. It's verifiable. Yeah. So think about that. What if, what if the people of God make a new commitment, a renewed commitment to preaching the gospel, to following the things of God, to serving the Lord, to standing up for what's right? I mean, imagine if abortion in this country was eliminated. Imagine. Amen. Why do you think yeah. I hate yeah. the actions of the left so much? Yeah. You know, I look at this, when you mentioned abortion. When you look at the judgments that God brought on Israel and God brought on Judah, one of the worst sins that God judged them Perhaps for the worst. Was, was, yeah, was because of their child sacrifice. Yes. And you look at that and you look at the, was 60, 70 million babies that have been sacrificed in Probably the United more States? than that. Probably just, just more than America. that. And, and, and think about this. Think about the fact that if we end up getting to the point where we as the United States of America take a stand against the absurdity of this woman's right to choose baloney, that's a very nice way. It's a demonically deceptive way of disguising murder. If you vote for these candidates that are running against the president right now, if you vote for Biden, if you vote for Bernie Sanders, if you vote for any of these guys, you are a baby killer. You are agreeing, forgive me for saying that, but it is, you are agreeing to kill babies. That's, that is the reality of it. The reason why the left hates Donald Trump so much is because Trump is the first president in United States history since the abortion issue has become an issue that has been so staunchly against it that he's actually cut funding to Planned Parenthood. How about this? How about the two and a half trillion dollar deal could have been signed last week, but wasn't signed last week because the Democrats insisted on ending, adding funding to abortion. And the president of the United States says, I don't care about the political implications of this. I'm not signing this yeah. bill. Yeah. That's all that stuff that was added in there. You think of Romans chapter 1, where the Bible tells us, not only would the people be judged who practice such things, but those who support them, those who agree with them. When you vote for somebody who agrees with these things, God says, look, you're up for judgment. Oh, yeah. Because you agree with them. Even if you don't practice them yourselves, you're still agreeing with that. Um, so I look at all of this. Let, let's start looking at this, and we look at what I would say, it, it looks to me like we are entering into a new normal. Yep. I'm convinced that there's going to be laws that are going to change that are, when we get on the other side of this current, the lockdowns that are going on around the world, I believe a new precedent has been set. From now on, the, if, if you look at everybody, the, you, you take the entire globe, uh, people have agreed to give the rights up give the rights up and so and it happened like that so when you look at that and you look at we both knew new world order is coming yep we know this this uh, global government is coming we know what the bible says which i want to ask you about that but a, a precedent has been set yep and, and you could even look at it and and now the globalists who eventually are going to get their global kingdom it's not going to last very long but they will get it you could they can tell where the hot spots are where the resistance is but People fall in line. Uh, look at churches. Look at, look at our church. There's empty seats out here. Yep. So you start looking at it across the board. This has happened. Yep. And you're going, okay, a new precedent has been set. So with that thought in mind, we have certain things that are on the table. Yep. Ready? Yep. ID 2020. What okay, is it? Okay, that's a big one. Okay. Yeah, it is. So, so ID 2020 is an initiative that is sponsored and founded by uh, Microsoft, I think the Rockefeller Corporation, I think Accenture, uh, they're, the big, they're the big sponsors of it. <laughs> and the premise of what they believe is that every single human being on the face of the earth should have a digital ID. And, and th what they say is they say it prevents identity theft, it prevents uh, you know, uh, loss of income, it prevents kidnapping, it prevents, uh, there's a lot of things that it prevents and it sounds wonderful. The, the whole idea of having a digital ID, they basically say they could eliminate every kind of sophisticated high crime that exists right now. Literally, there are representatives of this that are actually saying it. But I want to read something to you that scares me. And, and I, I remember the very first time I read this manifesto, it scared the heck out of me. And, and before we had started, I pulled it up because I wanted to read a couple of items of their, uh, of their manifesto that actually scares me. It literally scares me, okay? So let me, let me read in their manifesto, right? Um, this, is, this is scary, okay? Same one. Yeah, yeah, so this is scary. Item number four of their manifesto, I'm going to read this, okay? First of all, they claim that over a billion people don't have 
digital identities. They're right. Largest population in the world right now is China. They all have digital identities. The reason why they have digital identities is they want people to actually uh, be kept uh, the social credit system, which we've talked about many times. Uh, we, we, we've gone back and forth on it, okay? But they're saying that there's a deficit of over a billion people that still don't have these digital identities, okay? Here's what they say. This is item number four in their manifesto, okay? Listen closely to the words here. For some, including refugees, the stateless, that's an important phrase that I want you to lock in on, the stateless and other marginalized group, reliance on national identification systems isn't possible. Pay attention to this. This may be due to exclusion, inaccessibility, or risk, or because the credentials they do hold are not broadly recognized. While we support efforts to expand access to national identity programs, we believe it is imperative, here's the word, to complement such efforts by providing an alternative to individuals lacking safe and reliable access to state-based systems. In other ways, in other words, we want to globalize the identification yeah. system. Mm -hmm. Okay? Here's what they go on to say. And again, super scary. Super scary. It really, really is scary. For an IT guy like me, and it's actually exciting. Really, I say scary, but it's exciting for guys like us, right? But for an IT guy like me, okay, who has a, a pretty heavy background in all this stuff. Look at item number nine on their, on their manifesto. Item number nine says, ID2020 Alliance partners jointly define functional requirements influ influencing the course of technical innovation and providing a route to technical interoperability. Technical interoperability and therefore trust and recognition. In other words, this initiative that we have and the alliance partners in this digital ID process will help us to create an interoperability mechanism that joins the data systems of the world together. Mm. Global ID, yeah. so, global network, so, so, cashless society, yeah. no, every other it. thing we're talking so about. So here it is, Revelation chapter 13. I have to read <laughs> this. Of course, Revelation 13. Of course, Revelation so 13. So in Revelation 13, right. if you, if, for anybody watching who doesn't know this, uh, we're introduced to uh, the first beast and the second beast, also known as Antichrist and the false prophet. And then it tells us this, Revelation chapter uh, 13, uh, verse 15, we'll start right. there. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and causes many who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, and here's what you're, where that goes, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, an identification, an ID, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the, or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Uh, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for the number of, the man, of a man is 666. So this requires... What Revelation 13 requires is a global database or databases that work together in a global community that everybody is tracked and everybody is ID'd. With ID 2020, it's coupled with a vaccination. So when I look at this whole thing that's going on, you have Bill Gates behind it and whatever other people are behind it. Um, you look at this, the, 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 it's sold as being a very good thing. We're going to get everybody vaccinated in the world, and we got to make sure everybody is ID'd and tracked. And when you get when we get through this whole coronavirus thing on the other side, I look at a plan like this and thinking how easy it's going to be to sell something like that to a public who already is just going along with Scared. everything that they're told. Right, right. And and remember, like I said, number nine in their manifesto says we want to go far beyond digital IDs. Number nine in their manifesto says that we need to create functional and relational interoperability. That's really what they're saying. So they're not just simply saying we want to provide identifications and then uh, create a system why, people, why everybody has their own ID. Right? No, we need to create a worldwide, a global network that is interoperable 
that people can rely upon for this identification. Now, this is how it plays with 666. Everybody says, well, how can that be? If everybody has the same number for their ID on their, on their forehead or on their right hand, you know, how is that going to work? I mean, that, and you can't have the same number that I have. Want to bet? Think about this for just a second. And this is a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen this way, but this is a possibility. Digital IDs mean different things. Digital biometrics. It could be in the, the face of your, the shape of your face. It could mean your thumbprint. It could mean lot, lots of different things. It could be an RFID chip that can be literally shot through a number 30, a 30 gauge needle. That, you know how small that is? It could be shot through your arm. Okay, great. Here's a question. You're walking around town right now. How do I know you've been vaccinated? I have no clue you've been right. vaccinated. How do I know that you have a digital ID? You might be a thief trying to kill somebody and take their digital ID. How do I know you are the person that you say you are? Well, your ID, if you've received it from a legitimate place, you're going to have a mark on your body. And that mark is going to be a place that's easily recognizable. It's going to be on your forehead or it's going to be on not your left hand. We, we, we don't want it to be on each, you know, because people, oh, I'm going to put it over here. I'm going to put it here. No, the law will say you got to put it in a specific place so we know who you are. So when we see you in a video, your uh, uh, multi-rotors flying around, it's got pictures and it's taking your, your images. If you don't have that on your head, you're a violator of the law. We're going to take you away. And if you don't want to cooperate, you don't want to accept that mark. You need to be executed because you're an enemy of the, of, of the global movement. Oh, you can see it. Right now, you have social shaming if you're in a group of more than 10 people. Yeah, right. That's, we're reading, yeah, right. I mean, you yeah. read it on the internet. Well, did you, hear, did you hear what the governor said? The governor said it's a social contract. That's how we're enforcing it. Well, there you go. Right. So it's going to be very easy. I mean, people are, are saying, okay, you might, and people are really agreeing with this. Right. Well, you might be contaminated. You, can, you could have this virus. I don't want it. So therefore, that goes to what you're saying with the ID. Well, we don't know if you've been vaccinated. That's correct. I mean, you start looking at all of at the implications that can come from this, which I, I don't know if ID 2020 is going to be it, uh, this thing that's going to be used. I do know this, and this is something that, that I think people get confused on. Um, some people hear me talking on a Sunday night like this or hear a conversation. You have some of your prophecy messages. And they think, oh, no, we're in the tribulation period. Yeah, oh, we missed the rapture. Not even close. Will you tell everybody we are not in the tribulation period? <laughs> not even tell close. And, not and even the rapture. Close. And this is not the mark of the beast. Yes. That's coupled with an act of worship. Yes. But I'll let James Yes, show you. correct. Yeah, because if a chip was the mark of the beast, then my dog is a Satan worshiper because he has the mark of the beast now too, right? So uh, th th that's not what this is. Let me just go over this very, very quickly, okay? We, we go to Revelation chapter one. The key to the end time to what's gonna happen is in the middle of Revelation chapter one. I think it's verse 19. You know, write down the things which are, the things which were, the things which are, the things that are to come, right? So we talk about the, the description of Christ and who he is and his person there. Those are the things which were. We get into the church age. Those are the things which are. We're still in the church right age now. right now. I believe that we're a combination of several of the churches that we see listed. And uh, Walver does, uh, I think it's Walver. No, it's Ramsey. Ramsey does a great work on this. It's called The Seven Letters to the Seven Churches. It's a really, really good work. You can read it. Walver, by the way, is incredible. There's a, he's got a great handbook. You can read about that. But anyway, okay, <laughs> we're in the church age right now. Okay, the Bible says metatauta, after these things, in Revelation chapter 4, after what things? After the church is gone, right? First Thessalonians tells us that we are going to be raptured, that the Lord is going to take us away from the, oh, the word rapture isn't in the Bible. No, in a Latin translation of an original Greek text, you will see the word rapturus, which is where we get the word rapture from, okay? So just because a modern day piece of terminology that we use in the English language is not found in the Bible, right? Uh, you're not going to see the word Jesus. Jesus in the Bible, so to speak, right? We say Jesus. If you go in the Old Testament, you'll see Yeshua. Or if you go to the Greek translation, you'll actually say Yesu or Yeshua, right? Very different. So just because a certain word isn't used doesn't mean that the point is not valid. And people say, well, the rapture hasn't even been taught until, you know, the last 150 years. Well, baloney, read the Bible. Yeah. The rapture was taught several thousand years ago, and it was actually taught in the Old Testament. But with all that aside, here's the order. The church is raptured. 
When the church is raptured, right at that point, or maybe a few months, or maybe even a year after that point, I don't know, but right around that point, the seven-year period is going to start. This is the 70th week we read about in Daniel. This is the, uh, uh, we read about this all throughout the book of Revelation, and that will start. And the first three and a half years, all is going to go well. I actually believe that the temple is going to be rebuilt on the, on the Dome of the Rock. I think that's what's going to happen, and, and perhaps the greatest reason why I think that's going to happen is if you look at it right now, it's a politically impossible possible feat to take place. But if this world leader comes, especially a Gentile who can pull it off, you know, some guy who's from Rome somewhere, he can come in and pull that off. He's going to be worshiped by everybody. The Jews aren't going to care whether or not he's a Gentile. They're going to worship him as the Messiah. And at the three and a half year mark, you know what he's going to do? He's going to demand. He's going to set himself up in the temple. He's going to demand to be worshiped. When, he's de when people, are, he demands that, then the Jews are going to go, uh-oh, we made a huge mistake. And 144,000 for him of them are going to run for their lives and they're going to be the greatest evangelists alive during that time and the church is going to be gone the church will have already been gone before the beginning of all of that and the great tribulation will start at that point that's what we call the great tribulation the last three and a half year period and then all the people that survive the great tribulation which will be a very small part of the population all the people that survive that little tiny window of time that's after the great tribulation that's spoken about in Daniel when they survive all of that and it's all over we get into the millennial reign and after that millennial reign, that thousand-year reign, which contrary to popular belief by many, we are not in the millennium right now, I promise you that. Unless uh, you are in a coma and you don't know about the crime and you're not reading your Bible, we are not in the millennium, okay? Throw that idea away. And then when we get to the end of the millennial reign, we know exactly what's going to happen, right? There's going to be one last chance. Okay, I'm going to cut the enemy loose. He's going to come out from where he's been bound, and there's going to be a massive rebellion, and we know what's going to happen there. Everything's going to be over with. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So we are not, we, we are right at the cusp of all of that beginning. But right now, we are not in the tribulation. We haven't even seen, this is not pestilence, people. It's not the kind of pestilence that, that, that's going to literally take out a third of the, of the world's population. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. We're not there yet. No. So I have a lot more questions to okay. ask you now. You ready? You, man, okay, you so can, you look at this. We you look make at me everything. tired. You know that, just, right? You, you just, you <laughs> <make> me... <laughs> All I got to do is, is, is wind you up and you go. Yeah. Okay, you have ID 2020. What we have are, we have things in place right now. Mm -hmm. Databases, for example. Correct. A precedent has been set with the global lockdown because Correct. of the pestilence. People are used to these things. Correct. It's going to be so easy once the rapture happens for all of these things to come about. So when you look at this, somebody, somebody hears these things in Bible prophecies. Uh, oh, by the way, over 25% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. 25, is, I disagree yeah. with you. I think way more than, the, okay. way I, more than that. I'd be I, nice. I know, I, you're being really okay. nice. I think most of the Bible is Bible prophecy. Well, but yes, yeah. you, could, you could definitely say that, yeah. all the, beginning way back in the book of Genesis. Right. You're right. Okay, so when you look at, at, uh, you look at all of these things, we could be raptured and every, tonight. Absolutely. And all of these things are in a place You're right. to start taking place right away. What's interesting, world leaders are talking about it. People with of money. Of course they are. In Revelation chapter 17, let me read this to you, all right? <laughs> this is about the 10 Kings passage. Yep. Um, in Revelation, I got to turn to Revelation chapter 17. That must be after chapter 16, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> okay, here we go. The 10 horns, Revelation chapter 17, yep. verse 12. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as of yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast, the beast being the Antichrist, yes, and we have these 10 other elite rulers. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. So what the Bible tells us, we know this passage pretty well, simplify it, is that there's a, we already know from Revelation 13 and also Book of Daniel and elsewhere, there's a global kingdom, ID 2020 wants to do that. Agenda 2030 wants to do that. So many other things. A global kingdom. But Revelation chapter 17 lets us know there's details. There's 10 leaders, maybe 10 elite men that are waiting for a person that they could crown king of the world. Yeah. And it is not Donald Trump. They're not looking for Donald Trump. Yeah, right, they, they, right. They're looking for somebody. Right now, I look at, I look at people like, like uh, Bill Gates, I believe there's a lot of people out there, well, probably not a lot, who have the money he has. But they, what they think they're doing is, they probably in their minds, they think, we're going to do something really good. We're going to get a control on pestilence. We're going to get the world to all work. We're going to get this utopian world. That's what many people want. They want a utopian yeah. world. So you have somebody like a Bill Gates and some of these other people that are out there that have the money and they have the ability to do that. 
And they are. You listen to them in conversation. They are looking for a world leader that they can crown. That's what Revelation chapter 17 right. says is coming. So you start putting these things all together. We realize these things are talking about the tribulation period. I'm thinking, how close could the rapture be? Listen, it might not happen for 20 years. But listen, God's timing may be a lot sooner than most people are thinking, too. And the world is moving right now to get people comfortable with the things that are going to be necessary in order to make the things that the Bible are describing work. Okay, here's a great example. You, I think you have one. You have one. I have one. Apple watches. We love these things. These things are great, right? Do you know that from the inception of the Apple watch, there were a large percentage of banks that were resistant to Apple to utilize the Apple Pay function. They didn't want to do it. They thought it was too much of a risk. They thought there'd be too much financial loss, so on and so forth. Representative from Apple's get together, from Apple get to get, gets together with the banks and they say, hey, every single time a purchase gets made, we're going to issue a new number. That new number is detectable only to one transaction. And the banks, so what? Everyone's been doing that. Discover's been doing that. Lots of other people have been doing that. I'll tell you something we're doing that nobody else is doing. You ready for this? You go to McDonald's. And you say, I want that milkshake with the fries. And you go buy it. I'm going to pay with my Apple Pay. Here you go. Good? Everything good? Yes. All right. Adios. Two days later, you call up the bank. That wasn't me that made the purchase. And I may have a question. You still have your Apple Watch with you? Yes? Of course I do. Um, your Apple Watch told us your global coordinates. We knew where you were. We knew your latitude and longitude. It was you that made that purchase. As a matter of fact, if you don't think it was you, we can, and this is where it's going to go. This is, it's not there yet, but let me tell you where it's going to go. If you don't believe that, we have digital biometric information that's been gathered about you. We know your heartbeats. We know your heart rates. We know how they elevate. We know how they don't elevate. And your resting heart rate information about your ECG, all that stuff is stored in these watches. Did you know that? So it was your heartbeat. It was you. It was your location. You made the purchase, and now you're held accountable to it. Banks are loving this, right? Mm -hmm. The detectives are loving it. The po everybody loves it. But again, how much more of our freedom are we willing to give for comfort? Mm -hmm. How much more are we willing to give for convenience? Mm -hmm. How much more? This is how the enemy is going to do this. This is how the Lord is going to allow this to happen. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Yeah. So this is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. It is so what the freedoms we've given up for comfort, for convenience, and now basically we're just told you need to do this and go and go home and and, and right. chill out until we get uh, as the, the curve gets flattened and everybody's going there. Yep. Now now here's what's strange to me. Why is it that the whole world is in this place when it appears the number of people that will actually die from coronavirus is less than many other diseases oh considerably less so w uh, do you have a theory on why it is that we're going into this global well lockdown the, i that? think the reason why we're going to the global lockdown first of all i think the enemy is very good at orchestrating these things the powers and principalities at hand are very good at doing this mm -hmm. and and this is part of it but there is a legitimate concern here right the legitimate concern is and this is why the united states is so over this and this is why the trump administration is taking such an aggressive stance with respect to the issue first of all there's a political implication and we yeah. know that if the president wasn't being put under such a scope we might not be seeing this type of action being taken. But putting that aside, let's assume that it's the president's desire to do this completely outside of any political implications, which I do think that is true, only because the, the economic variable alone was strong enough to get him reelected, right? So now economics are getting, are getting hit. I think this is, there's a reason why the president calls, him, calls himself a wartime president, and there's a reason why he refers to it as a China virus, which, by the way, I hate the fact that everybody says that anyone who says China virus is a rate is a it's a yeah. racist thing. We call German measles, Spanish flu. I mean, we, we Hong uh, Kong uh, flu. Hong Kong flu. I okay. just I just sent you a didn't I send you a, a a picture of the Washington Post talking about the China yes. virus? Yeah. You know. So so anyway, I think the president is seeking to identify where it came from. I also think he's seeking to, in a very politically correct way, which he's not a very politically correct person. He's seeking to identify in a politically correct way because he is friends with uh, with the with the leader of China, uh, that this was something that was done nefariously, right? But, but, but putting all of that aside, okay, one of the primary reasons I think why this is happening and why we're doing all the, the quarantine or whatever is there's a lot of things that are unknown. 
See, people like you and me are saying, well, this is not a big deal because the numbers are low and statistically we shouldn't be worrying. And I completely and totally agree. But I also think people like President Trump, who's in way more in the know than we'll ever be, right? And the people that surround him may be looking at a genetically engineered by human beings, a human genetically engineered virus. And so they might be doing this in the abundance of caution to protect the interests of the American citizens. And so uh, this is why I've not been so vocally against all the quarantining and all the things that are going on, at least right now in the initial stages. Uh, but there's so much about this that we don't know. And I'm willing to bet that we are going to, at some point, at some point, we are going to find out. It's, it's, it's going to come out at one point or another. It's going to come out uh, what the truth is concerning this issue. Well, this is interesting. I look at Israel. Israel's a good indicator for me of what's going on. They're right. the advanced tech uh, uh, with their technology and both in the medical world right. and computer world. But you look at it, they're on a, like a full-on lockdown. Right. So I do wonder what is it that, like you're saying, what these other leaders are seeing that, that is out there with this, but at the same time I'm looking going, it's a very curious situation. You mentioned that this is not the pestilence described in the book of Revelation. No, I don't, I don't I look think at it the is. Book of, but I would say this, Jesus does mention in Matthew chapter 24 that in the last days oh, there will yeah. be earthquakes, pestilence, right. and Correct. so forth. And they will increase like birth pangs. So yep. I would look at this as a birth I would bank. agree with that. This has the world's attention, but the pestilence in Revelation chapter 6, when you read the, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, to put it that way, you read it, and it is absolutely devastating to the world. There's, a, I think, a quarter of the world is dead at that point, and then the next judgment comes, right. next set of judgments, and you have another uh, right. quarter of the world. I think there's a total of a third of the world's population right. is eliminated by these types of things. Right. And, and so this isn't that. We know it's not that because of the way that, that everything unfolds, but this should have everybody's attention at the same time. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, and I think it's, it's one of these things that we really need to think about. And I do think that we are looking at a Matthew condition here. I really do. Uh, and, and again, look at the earthquakes that happen uh, within close proximity of one another. Look at the wars that we're constantly facing and dealing with, the rumors of wars, the fears that are going around with people. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. And a big part of that is the fact that we have such an easily globally connectable form of media now that gives us real world, you know, to the minute information. And this is why we know it. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. I you and I are hearing a lot more talk about going cashless. Yep. And it was up with Congress uh, a couple of weeks back with the, the whole stimulus package. Right. Uh, wanting to make that part of the deal. But we're hearing about it. We're reading articles that say, look, uh, viruses are passed by cash. Correct. Another reason. And we know Revelation 13, this world is going to go cashless in right. order for the tracking of being able to buy or sell, watching, monitoring what That's people correct. are able to do. That's correct. And we're going that way. So we already have almost, uh, most people in the world have a digital footprint now. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at it. It's all going that way. Well, yeah. And listen, uh, there's already been talk, you know, over the last few weeks. Hey, the coronavirus embeds itself within the type of fiber that we make money with. And so uh, they're even advising people, don't use currency right now. They're, they're actually advising people, don't go to the bank, don't pull cash, use your credit cards, use your digital, uh, your, you know, your digital uh, money delivery systems. Don't be using cash because cash might be infected. Yeah. I went to a, uh, a little cafe in San Clemente the other day. You couldn't get into the restaurant. You had to order right there on yeah. the outside because mm -hmm. you can't get in. Right. And I went to pull out some cash to pay. And, they won't uh, take it. They would not take cash. They said, absolutely not. I actually, the girl that was standing at the desk walked back into the restaurant and said, you have to call. So we called her. She's standing right there. We called her, and then we had to give her my debit card number. It's crazy, over the isn't phone it? To isn't order, that crazy? But it wouldn't touch the cash. Oh, yeah. See, look at that. Okay, here's another one. We're, this is going to sound conspiracy, but we're almost done. So I'm right. going to do some machine gun stuff <laughs> oh, with you. Here we go. All right. So Revelation 13 talks about the false prophet. Okay. And this is interesting. In this, it says this. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. All right. So he appeared like a, a, a lamb. So it appears Christian, appears like a, a Messiah type of figure. Sure. Two horns like a lamb, speaks like a dragon, like yep. the devil. Okay, now this is this article. I don't know if you saw it or any of these like this. Archbishop Jen Langa, Pope Francis is usurper and heretic leading the world no, astray. I haven't, I didn't this see is that what article. he says. This is an archbishop talking. This is what he says. Usurper and heretic. Um, 
he proclaims untruths and sins. Uh, this is what he's accused of. Which he's been accused of. of that for a long time, yeah. and that's actually correct. And then yeah. I found this with Revelation 13. He proclaims the truth of this world, which is precisely the truth of the devil. Wow. And, and you look yeah. at Revelation 13. Right. Now, we cannot say this pope is the false prophet, but you look at these things, so we start putting everything together that you're talking about, and I'm thinking, man... Yeah, but, but Tom, that, let's assume that's true. Let, let's just assume for just one second that, that that is absolutely true, that everything he's saying is heretical, it's evil, uh, but does, has anybody noticed? He is a widely, by a large margin, one of the most popular popes that have ever existed. Yeah. Oh, I think he is So, So popular, people yeah. like him are becoming widely and generally accepted by the public, and they are willing to throw away the flaws and the inconsistencies, the failures, and the evils that they see. Look, we're, we're seeing... And he's a globalist. We're see yes, and we're seeing this with people like Joe Biden. I mean, good, goodness gracious, the guy doesn't remember his own name. Yeah. He gets up there and he just looks like he's staring into space right now. God forbid, I don't mean to be disrespectful to our former vice president. I mean, God bless the man. But people think it's cute and they're laughing at him and they're laughing with him and they're embracing him and they're, you know, uh, all of these things. He's not remembering people's names, all of that stuff. Why? Because he stands for wickedness and the world embraces that. So people like him, people like the Pope, um, people like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, one of the most evil women alive right now. I really believe that. She is a just deeply satanically inspired uh, human being, right? Look at how much they're embraced. Uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, one of the, uh, by far, intellectually challenged people that's ever, and I'm saying that nicely, that's ever walked through the doors of any establishment in Washington who makes statements like, well, I don't even know why we're having to talk about guns when it's not even in the Constitution. Huh? What? People love her. People embrace her. People are, are being conditioned to accept and believe and hold fast to lies. So when all of this comes, what we're reading in, in Revelation comes, it's going to be widely accepted. This whole idea of God sending strong delusion, I think God's allowing that to happen right now to many people yeah. who choose to harden their hearts. Yeah. I, I, I believe of 2 Thessalonians, God will send them a strong delusion because they re refuse to receive the love of right. the truth. It was a rejection of Christ. Right. And so we look at a world that's in this place of delusion. But with that, we are out of time. So I, I want to do this. Obviously, I want to have you back real soon. Yep, but love to do it. I, talk to everybody. We have a lot of viewers out there. Yep. Talk to everybody and tell them, because we don't know when the rapture is going to come. Right. Um, and yeah. we also don't even, yeah. a person doesn't even know if they could die tonight. Right. We don't know these things, but right. these things should have people's attention. Yeah, yeah. So look, here's the deal. Um, if you want the total package, and I'm going to look straight into the camera. You know, if you want the total package, if you want to be in a position where you have full insurance, I'm not just talking about straight out fire insurance from going to hell. I'm talking about all the other insurances that sit uh, in that place. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Look, you hear that a lot. People say that. But most people don't understand what that means and what the implications of it are. Look, we have a perfect God. The Bible says that he created the heavens and the earth. John 1.1 tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and, and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God existed before the creation of the universe. The Bible makes that very clear. And the Bible is a credible document that tells us that. The problem is this. The problem is when God created man, he gave man a free will. He created us in his likeness and image. He gave us a free will. And we chose to rebel against God. We chose to sin. The problem is this. God's law is perfect. And the only way you can go to heaven is by fulfilling his law. Not a single one of us have done that. There's only one person on the face of this earth that has fulfilled the law of God completely and perfectly, and that's Jesus Christ. So if you were to die tonight and you have not received Jesus Christ into your heart, you're not going to hell because you rejected Christ. You're actually going to hell because you broke the law of God. Now, rejecting Christ fast-tracked you in that direction, right? Every single law you've ever broken is going to be held against you and judged. So Jesus lived on this earth 33 years. He lived a perfect, perfect life. Never sinned, never did any evil. And the Bible says that robe of righteousness, we're speaking metaphorically here, right? 
that robe of righteousness that he wore, his perfect, beautiful, clean righteousness that he wore like a, like a jacket when he died for us and he rose again. And we're going to celebrate that in the next few weeks. He says, I want to take that jacket off and I want to give it to you. Now, listen, I've sinned against God on my way to, to church here. <laughs> okay, it's easy to sin against God. It's easy to break his law. We take that perfect robe of righteousness. We put it on us. And here's the thing. God, the father one day looks at you and he sees the perfect life that Jesus Christ lived, not the imperfect life that I live. And you might say, well, I've got a perfect life and I've done really, really good things. The Bible says your righteousness is like a used menstrual cloth. That's nasty. That's what the Bible says. But if you throw away your righteousness, Jesus takes it, he puts that nasty menstrual cloth on him and he gives you his perfect robe of righteousness. The Bible says that you will be credited for the perfect life he lived and you will go to heaven. And you know what's beautiful about that? That means you don't have to be some, you know, hallelujah, praise it to you type of a person. It doesn't mean you have to live a specific way in the sense of I've got to show up in my best Sunday uh, dress to go to church or anything. No, you just receive Jesus Christ in your life. You start reading his word, you start worshiping him, you start studying and let God change your life. Don't worry about the things you're doing right now. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just receive Christ in your heart and he'll completely change you. He'll radically transform you. And that's why we're here. You know, the reason why Tom and I are doing this is so that you will know the message of the gospel, that you will know that Jesus Christ loves you and he died for you and that there is hope. And that's what we're praying for. We're praying for you that you would receive his perfect salvation. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you want to know Christ or you, you pray to receive Christ, I'm going to lead you in that prayer right now. And if you pray this and you mean it, you can know that you are forgiven. Go ahead and pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. And right now I repent of my sin and unbelief. And I surrender to you as Lord. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that, uh, and you receive Christ. Listen, I would like to give you a Bible. Pastor James would. You can get a hold of either one of us through our churches or through our websites or even through these YouTube channels. Uh, with that, we're going to close with our time of worship. Listen, don't forget to share these things. Share these, share these videos with your friends. And can, and can I also ask, I know you guys, last time when I mentioned this, it was a great response. I would love you to start following me on Instagram. My name is James Cadiz. I'm doing updates every single day. If you'll subscribe to our YouTube channel, Calvary Chapel Signal Hill, or even go to our Real Hope with Tom and James uh, YouTube channel and subscribe. We're doing updates on a regular basis. Every single night that I'm not doing a service, I'm doing a live Q&A where you can ask these questions and so we want you to get involved. We want you to subscribe. We want you to be a part of it. And for those of you that have friends, you might already be subscribed, especially for Hope For Our Times. You have friends that are not subscribed, get them to subscribe because Tom has made a commitment to update people on a regular basis. You should be going to his channel. There's a lot of great information. Somebody asked me, by the way, on the Q&A that I had recently, where's a good new, uh, source for news? I say, go to Tom's there you go. channel. Yes, There's Hope some great stuff there. Com. Yeah, Every so day. go there. Every yeah. day it's updated. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Listen, let's worship the Lord, and God bless you guys. Can't wait until next time. Again, check out our things all week long. We have a lot of things coming. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.